episode 750. Mm-hmm. 750. This feels like another <gasps> milestone episode. Yeah, it should be like Roman numerals, it feels like. That, oh. That's how important it is. What would that even is. be? I don't even know what that would look like. Well, Probably some 100 is a C. Okay. I know that. So do you have like seven of those? There's guys. no way. There must be a 500. There one. is. And then like, we don't know anything. Basically. <laughs> we don't 750 know episodes in and we know nothing. <laughs> but we, we don't talk about the Roman empire. So how would we know That's, about their numerals? Right. You know what I mean? That's totally true. That's but a very we have point. to show them that one of our listeners, Kara McSweeney, the amazing zookeeper. Yes. Sent us, if you're watching uh, the video, this gorgeous cake. Congrats yeah. on 750 episodes with our little a brain, brain candy, candy cake. logo. Yep. And I always like to imagine the, the cake makers as they're doing it. <laughs> I, well, I, I met him. He came to my house and delivered does this. Does he seem like a brainiac? A convert? Well, he is gay, which oh, yes, means then, yes. Yes. <laughs> and he owns a bakery called Evanly Bakes. Oh, and it's a pun. Yes. Please. He's absolutely a brainiac. And he was on reality TV. I know. I know. Uh, 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 That's the trifecta. Soulmates. Soulmates. Sweet treats. Yeah, it was some, I can't remember the name, but it was some chocolate, you know, competition for a Canadian network. Well, if that, that makes it even better. Yeah. And uh, I was like, how'd you do? He's like, I was a finalist, but then I got sabotaged. (laughs) I love it because I get it. I do too. I know the feeling. That's right. I can't wait to dig in. And Kara also sent sweet treats for you, which are en route to Denver. I cannot wait. I'm going to chow down. I mean, what a treat. What a treat. A sweet treat. Bring celebrate episode. 750 and just getting started if i have anything to say about it i totally agree mm-hmm. i mean there just hitting are my stride always new things to learn and just when i think we've learned it all yeah i binge watch animal planet and <laughs> next thing you know i have thought 500 new stories to share with why because you. you you do love an animal fact i love an animal fact mm-hmm. and it feels like so okay I'm watching this great show, first of all. Uh, I'll start here. I'm watching this great show called Physical on Apple TV. It's so good. It's about that, like, jazzercise. Oh, uh, like, yeah. Aerobic, I love it. like, Jane you know, Fonda. Like, era. Yes, that era. Mm-hmm. And it is all about uh, uh, this woman's, like, inner dialogue. And like mm. how you hear I've heard what about goes this on, yes, inside of her head. But now and why is I connecting this to Animal Planet and I don't remember? That I cannot even imagine. There was a whole point to this. Well, because you were saying you learn animal facts and you were uh-huh. watching Animal Planet. And then? And then we went wow. right into Jane Wow. <laughs> wow. Have you I was like, first of all, yet? we have to start here. Like this is, this is where we have to start. And, and turns out we didn't need to no. start. Uh, well, uh, we can circle back to that. I mean, probably have a bite of cake. Probably, maybe it'll come to you. Yeah. Yeah. Have a bite of cake. Mm, Evan. It was. Whoa, that's good. Oh my gosh. Is it Evan in your mouth? 
<laughs> he like that too. He would like that. He will. He was a doll. Um, so mm, that is outrageously good. I can't mm. remember what I meant. What? How this was connected to it? All right. I don't we'll know at on. all. Move on, Sarah. Something that I'm interested in. Something that sparks our interest. Who fucking knows? I don't. I know, know that Sarah got Lincoln. Um, subscription to National Geographic Kids. Yeah. Has it which... freaking finally showed up? Those things show up like four months after you order them. I remember this from having <laughs> subscriptions and I'm like, is he ever going to get it? I don't know. <laughs> he He's on his second um, oh, good. Good. issue and I swear I love it more. I'm like, can you believe like these animal facts are crazy? Like I'm just saying what I imagine you are feeling when you watch Animal Planet because this is a wild world we're living in. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. yes. Okay. Full circle. Back. You did. <laughs> okay. So as I'm watching this show that okay. takes place in like the the 80s and they're talking about fitness stuff. So yeah. she's like this fitness, uh, uh, you know, per- person, you know, brand that is going to link up with a low fat food company. And this is like the eighties when they thought they knew about yeah, things. Snack they didn't know and all that about. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. So they're like, we've done the research. These cookies are fat free. And you know, science says if there's no fat in it, that means no fat on you. And so you can eat as much as you want. Things that we, and they say in the show, well, it's science. Science says, and did a, and it's, so obvious or what they're trying to convey in that is that look at how certain we were about what the science said then and how absolutely false we know that to be now and how and so to link it back to the animals that's why i love these stories so much because things that we think we know we're like oh ostriches definitely stick their head in sand because i saw it on disney turns out Never done that in the history of ostriches because mm-hmm. we never bothered to look. So we look at these things and we study them. And it's like these things that where we have these like fixed ideas on how things should be or how things work just because that's how it's been. We're, we're pushing back. We, by we, I mean the same we that is like we who win the football game for our town. No, like the, you know, other scientists who are doing the research, they are like learning all these things that are changing what we know about everything. And I love it. And it's so much with animals that I'm fascinating by, fascinated by. I just started watching that show Predators on Netflix. It's each episode is uh, like tracks mm-hmm, a different predator. And uh, uh, you know, the first one that I watched was on cheetahs. There's so much stuff I didn't know. What did... <laughs> So it was folk. It's okay, each first of all, not the fastest animal. land animal. A hare wins that. A bunny rabbit. Shut. Yes, I don't think that's true. It's at certain lengths that that Here the distance go. matters. So, like, which is the which is the fastest over a short? What's distance? the answer? The hare. The hare is faster. Okay. And so, in the video where I was like, "Wait a sec," what is it? Like the, two the feet? cheetah catches the hare, and the narrator goes, "Uh." looks like the cheetah managed to catch the fastest land animal. And I was like, uh, we're just going to skip. A- we're just going to say it like that. Like everybody watching is like, wait, the cheetah is the fastest land animal, isn't it? And you're just like, not going to explain the rest So then it. You know, I got to Google it. And then of course, then you learn that hair is, and it's over certain distances. And- but how many, like five feet? Like, come on. I think we're giving the hair too much credit there. 
No, it's pretty. That's it, clickbait. Yeah, a little, but it, it, it did it the trick. I mean, I, I looked it up. I learned about cheetahs. I hear other- what you mean, though, because we don't think about, like, because right. the thing I always reference about how you said we can outrun horse, horses. We can outrun a horse. Right. Yeah. And everybody's like, Sarah, you're a dummy. And I'm like, no, as I'm not. As long as you just keep running forever. You keep running. They will. They can't do it. What is the of- distance? Like five, I think it's, five no, miles? It's, yeah, 20? something. It's, it's, I want to say it's like 20 miles. I think it's up in the, like, teens. I do like up like hot like <laughs> twenty. Is... I do. I what? love you so much. Why? I've said nothing. Is it because I said twenty and I said it's in the teens and I was like not twenty? Yeah. Yeah. But like, also, I mean just... close. Like you know what I mean. We're rounding yeah, yeah, up. Yeah. <laughs> like, but just also like you were you were hesitant. Right. You're like, but but also it's, certain. But, like <laughs> I, yeah. <laughs> It's so great. It's like, Nobody else this is like a you. total aside, but I heard yeah. this, I, and I wish I knew the comedian who said this. But my new favorite joke that ever was <laughs> so, of all time. Of wow! All time. I just I keep thinking of it. He goes, he's talking about numbers. He goes, my my favorite number is umpteen. You think it's a lot, but it's actually in the teens. <laughs> That's the funniest joke ever. <laughs> Ever of all time in the history of comedy. You think it's a lie? Let me it's tell so you. It's so true, though. That is I true. I am waiting for somebody to use the word umpteen in real life. <laughs> I am going to throw down that joke so fast. And when I do, I'll probably actually explode from enthusiasm. And like, I'll be like, ah! And then I won't know what to do. Like, this is my moment. And then people will look at me. I feel bad for that then, person. Yes, I do, too. I actually... Well, because the worst oh, part about God. it is you really only use the word umpteenth if you're mad at somebody. Like, I've told like you the, the umpteenth, umpteenth time. And then you're going to, like, I'll come like, in with actually, this zinger. Yes. And I'm you're like, going to be so mad. Funny thing about umpteen. You think it's a lot, but it's actually the teens. That is so true, though. Because it does seem like an infinite number. <laughs> Chef's kiss. <laughs> It's this British comedian who is on Netflix who did like a show in four acts and he has some of the funniest, it's so British and it's so, you either will absolutely think it's the funniest thing you've ever seen or you're going to be like, what is this? (laughs) And I think that this is sort of a test run right now. This is what? Sort of a test run, whether they would like it. Correct. I'll tell you what I like. Oh God. I like mosh bars. Oh, I cannot wait to talk about this. This is like my dream come true. First of all. Okay. Who gave them permission to make something that is a protein bar taste like a candy bar? So dang delicious. It's unreal. Was I right? Because I got them before you. And then I was like, Susie, I ate three in one day. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Mosh bars are our way to go. They have 12 grams of protein. But here's why I'm excited. Yeah. Okay. You know how I feel about the Schwarzeneggers. Yeah, I do. Mosh bars were created by Patrick Schwarzenegger and Maria Shriver. And here's the. Yes. And here's the best part. So if you're not familiar, Maria Shriver is in the Kennedy family. Mm -hmm. Her mother, Eunice Kennedy, is obviously from the famed family and her dad Sarge that's what he goes by he suffered with Alzheimer's mm. 
And so they have decided they wanted to make Mosh a mission-driven brain health and wellness company that donates a portion of all the proceeds to support women's brain research through Women's Alzheimer Movement at Cleveland Clinic. How cool is that? I love this. And it is so important to do women's-based research in this because they don't study women's brains like this. It is so crucial Tasting and doing good. Stop How cool it. is that? I so love this. I'm in love. Very good. It could have tasted like garbage. I would have been excited. I don't Correct. care. Same. But it happens but to be delicious. Look, I find that out after. That's better. <laughs> um, okay. Don't settle for a mediocre snack when you can nourish your body and mind with the fuel it needs to succeed. So whether you're at the gym, on the go, or just living your best life, Mosh Protein Bars will keep your brain and body fit, fueled, and feeling good. Head to Mosh Life dot com slash brain candy to save 20% off plus free shipping on your first six count trial pack. That's 20% off plus free shipping on your first six count trial pack, which includes all six mouthwatering flavors. M O S H L I F E dot com slash brain candy. And I should say before we kind of get really into the thick of things, I know that you people like a warning. Oh. Later in the episode, I will be interviewing author J. Reuben Appleman of While Idaho Slept, The Hunt for Answers and the Murders of Four College Students. Murder what? story. It is so interesting. I, I followed that case and I was so interested in reading it because... I felt like I was missing something and it filled in those gaps because I was like, what is this? Because there's a, you know, a suspect or whatever that's going on trial for the murders. And I just. Like right now? Like. Yeah. They haven't put him on trial yet even. I love that when a book lines up with where it's like still happening in real life and you feel like you're in the book. Well, because we had some brainiacs who said, when I said, what do you want me to ask him? They said like, is this. Why is it already out? Like, we don't even know if he's convicted or whatever. And so I asked him that, you know, because I wanted to know, like, <gasps> did you feel like it was too soon? Because we don't know if he's guilty or, or not guilty. But he t- explained his reasoning. And I loved it because, as you know, I'm always interested in the psychology of these people yes. who seem or maybe are sociopathic. And this was very nuanced, and you never get that. I'm so annoyed with true crime because it's always like, his mom was the worst, or I whatever. I, I feel the same, where they're like, well, <laughs> abused in childhood, that's... And yeah. Like, so were all of us. Like, yeah. This I'm not murdering like people. <laughs> right. Like, that's how I feel. I'm like, don't give me that as an explanation. Right. That's how I felt, where I was just like, oh, everybody okay, I know. this is helpful to me. And it... Yeah. It... And like days later, you're still thinking about it. So that's what Ooh, I want. Anyway, good. that's coming Ooh. up later. So brace yourself. Right. <laughs> well, I hope my fun animal stories will be enough to to. No, I think it will satisfy you until then. Okay, uh, let's learn about some cheetahs, shall we? Let's. I did not know this, you're but funny. cheetahs, like cheetahs, fuck. Like we already knew that about animals, but how about this? <laughs> One litter of that. cheetahs. Can have multiple fathers. No. Yes. Isn't that a crazy animal fact? Yeah. One litter. Okay. So here's why. Oh Cheetahs are very territorial and they also are very like 
communal they'll often travel in packs like just like two of them a pair together or and they they take over these like big areas and big zones and oftentimes the pair that will travel will be like brothers so it'll be two in and this they went over i know these two brothers are like we can't have anything come and there's so few cheetahs out there it'll be like you know these two brothers running into like one female for like hundreds of miles so if the female were to choose just one of them to mate with, it would create a rift between the... Oh, for Pete's sake. She has right. to keep the the peace? Yes! So oh, she's, my God. So cheetahs are designed to be able to have selective sperm and also get impregnated by multiple fathers in one litter. That is insane. What? That I seems- mean... Not even. It says the sperm from different males competes to fertilize the egg, resulting in multiple fathers for a litter. Cheetahs have a unique reproductive system that allows for delayed implantation, enabling simultaneous development of different embryos from different fathers. Whoa. I'm very glad we are not in that category. Okay. I'm glad you said that because that made me think, is that, how come we're not? I mean, I think the better question is how come they are? Like if you, now I'm going to sound like a dummy. Do I sound like a dummy when I say that? What's your question? Okay. You really only have like one egg cooking in there at a time usually. And so it's not like when you have monozygotic, no, dizygotic twins, that's Mm. two sperm implanted two embryos. I thought it was just oh and then wow. dizygotic is we one really sperm implanted anything. one egg and then that separated and they're they're identical. Oh. That's like two separate that's like one cell that splits into two. Okay. But then you have the dizygotic which is two different sperm and two different eggs but they're at the same time. Two two fertilized eggs at the same time but we can only have two fertilized eggs from one part from a single partner because that is that just because as soon as your body Are says you it's pregnant me? it's just like nope we're pregnant no more and a cheetah's like well we're pregnant but also maybe more <laughs> well because there's oh wait so right I know. This is very confusing. I know what you're... I can see the wheels turning, thinking the same thing I thought. We're like, wait a sec. If there's a... Right. Because if triplets, for example, they could all be different or identical, three identical strangers, for example. I know. I don't know. Okay. I have no idea how this works. Well, I do know that... I don't think you can be impregnated by two people. At the I don't time. think so Except you my, can't. my gays that have two male men gays that I'm friends with, yeah. they have twins. And this was all, you know, sci-fi, right? I mean, this wasn't like they were banging yes. somebody. But right. they had twins with the same woman. Yes. But each of them are the biological father of one of the twins. And those are... Not fraternal twins. They are, or they are fraternal twins. They are not two different sperm. So you have two eggs being implanted in one woman with two same DNA, but two different eggs, two different sperm, 
growing simultaneously, like growing in the same yeah, you're right uterus, mm-hmm. but yes. different. Well, so, so we, we can, can do, do this, but I don't with think science. we can naturally, naturally so much, right? Although I know these are the things <laughs> I wonder. Where I'm like, we're gonna have to talk about this because or once again we? in the show they just like dropped that little factoid right, and then just, we're just walked, skipped, on to the next. All Animal. these like fraternal twin moms are like, nope, they're just fraternal. Nothing to see here. Right. Not two different Right. Don't no. Twenty third of May. Don't don't do it. <laughs> you know. So crazy. So I thought that was really wild. Uh, and there's an article in ScienceDaily.com that I will put in the newsletter that talks all about this. And you know, it's just really interesting that there aren't that many species that can do that. Yeah, and it seems the, like a bad idea. You know what I mean? It kind of does. And like, then it doesn't like, seem like something we should all be hoping for. Yeah. The other thing I thought was odd is that there was a pack of cheetahs that were together that star, like they were definitely starving, and one of them ended up dying, but they didn't eat him. Oh. Doesn't that, that seem nice. strange? Yeah, you would think they would. You would think that they would. They mm-hmm. just left him. And it really was <laughs> sad because the mom, like, turned around. She was like, oh, <gasps> where'd he go? And then they like it. I mean, or they made it look like that. But I was like, oh, I hate when they do that. And then they like show his like rot, like his like body. And I'm like, don't you think if they were starving, you'd be like, oh, don't don't chow down on what like okay for the Dahmer family or, or Donner Donner not Dahmer. Here we go. Oh God, here we go. <laughs> Dahmer family. Dahmer Mer. No, no, Donner. No, family that Oregon Trail, Donner, oh, cross ate each Jeffrey other. Jeffrey Dahmer. Well, both of, I mean, don't you think that that's a weird coincidence? <laughs> now that we say it out loud, Donner <laughs> family and Donner. I don't know the Donner family, Donner family. Susie, you don't know about the Donner family. Oh, now I'm the dummy. <laughs> no, no, I'm not. I'm just saying that this, they didn't keep, I, I, no, think, no, this I, was a Christ, I, I think this was a Christian school problem because they probably left out the part about <laughs> cannibalism in your uh, education. This is a family that You're crossed over me the Rocky Mountains. Young? I'm talking a whole that group of sick. people, a multiple sure people, and it was died. like a whole thing. This is Who like a big died? part of history. Who died? <laughs> big part. Like I'm not kidding. War. This was in the, the Western <laughs> expansion. Like they talk about... <laughs> what? How? I I know I'm not the only one who thinks it's crazy that Susie doesn't know about this. It's not, it's not, I agree. You're probably right. But the, when you say it's a big part of history, it sounds like, you know, like confederacy and stuff. No, it, it feels like, you know how in school there were like, the, there were like the top five greatest hits. It's like, we're learning about missions. I, maybe it was just California. Cause we did a mission project in fifth What's grade. What do you mean? Oh my God. This is a California thing. What's in California. Missions? So in California, there oh is the every single student in california in fifth grade has to do what they call the mission project where you pick a mission and i mean mission like where a pre like a missionary set up shop basically it's like celebrate colonization in california is what we're doing and it's like so there's a there's the i think it's called the the mission trail or something there's a a road like it's like highway 101 or something essentially that goes up the coast like from mexico (laughs) up the west coast and there were the missionaries settled 
in these different areas and built missions. And there are famous missions that are all, now I've said it so much, it sounds like a fake <laughs> thing that I've just made up. I were there, just so you know. It's such a big project that you could go online and I guarantee there are kits. There are kits available of like build your mission and you have to build a mission out of like foam core when you're a fucking fifth grader in California. And then you have to present on the mission. I chose San Juan Capistrano where they had all the swallows. And then this you have to insane. like, this is a real, I'm telling you, okay, everybody wait. in California is like, I don't know why she it thinks it's crazy. I, I really, and then when I talked through it, I was like, I don't think this is the thing. Time out. Let's talk about something I love. Oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. Hatch Restore 2. Okay. So here's my routine in the morning. Yeah. I get up at like 5.30 or 5.45 to do my workout. And then I come back and start getting ready and whatever. And so I would come back and wake up the family, right? (laughs) And like, it was a battle every day. My family hated me. It was like Pavlovian where like I became... Uh, you are the wake up alarm. Yes, I get it. Of, of their them having pain. to wake. Up. Yes, and we would get into fights because my kid wouldn't get out of bed, and my husband, frankly, mm. is reluctant. Also, he's not a morning person, and so I was sick of it. And so we got a hatch restored too, and it is this device that sits in our room, and it illuminates at whatever time I want it to. It's the best. This is something that I have been recommending to clients before it was even a sponsor of the show. That's so great. I didn't know that. Everybody at my clinic, the the therapists, not like I'm the therapists, we all use these already because we know the importance of sleep and sleep hygiene. And there, the other day I was hanging out in a group and there was a gal who had an in her defense, she's like an ER doctor, so she needs an alarm like this. But she right. had one of those alarms that was like, it's so violent. And I was like, oh my God. I was like, I as it. a mental health professional, you need to change your alarm right now. And she's like, then explain to me why. And I'm like, okay, free pass. But, but I hate the violence I, of it. I was like, I need to be woken up in the most gentle way. Yeah. I need Soothe the lighting me. to be right. I need to go to bed with some special like custom sleep sounds. I need it to be <laughs> like not just bright light all at once. I want it slow like wake up with the sun. It's light. gentle. Gentle. If yeah. I do not get a ge- and I I think your husband and your son are similar to me in this. I way. think so. In I every think, way. Yes, in every way. If we do not get a gentle wake up, things don't go well. No, we're like operating at in like fight or flight through the rest of the day. It's not good. I need this. Yeah, to and wake it creates up. like it simulates a sunrise is what yes, it does. Yes. And then yes. eventually if they don't get their buns out of bed, <laughs> after a half hour it starts singing like this gentle song. Mm-hmm. But you can pick like whatever you want. It can I be... go I go sound bowl. Oh, okay. Yeah, you can do sound bowl. There's all these different options. It feels to like what... it starts slow and then it gets more intense and I it just feels calming and energizing to me. I love and it. And then they have like um the sleep options, which are like white noise, pink noise, brown noise, 
What yes. are freaking ocean waves? Yes. Laundry in the dryer. Mechanical. Yeah. I love that noise. Right. A lot of people do. I and love everyone it. has it's to find so... what they love because sleep is so important. Right now, Hatch is offering our listeners $20 off your purchase of a Hatch Restore 2 and free shipping at hatch.co slash brain candy. Sleep deeply and wake gently with Restore 2. Go to hatch.co slash brain candy to get $20 off and free shipping. That's hatch.co slash brain candy. So that was one of like the core in the core curriculum. So was the Oregon Trail and learning about the Donner Party. It was like all about that Western expansion and they crossed over the Rockies right, well, and it got happened? super cold. They starved and they starved and there's journal entries of how they t- uh, uh, resorted to cannibalism. And so, so it's like a mom these, and a dad and some kids, like a big, I think it's a oh, big it's group. An extended it's family, an extended family and okay. multiple people had to resort to cannibalism and they, a few of them did survive, but off of e- e- eating each other. Oh, right. Would you do that? I'm talking your kids. I'm not talking my brother. I would eat Well, him. here's the thing. I say no, but starvation does really wild shit to the brain. There is nothing, mm-hmm. and we've talked about this with the show alone, like there is nothing that comes close to what starvation does in making a person go mad. Sleep deprivation, right. I guess, is the only thing. Sleep deprivation and starvation. They will the make you crazy. The of hunger. Yes. Were you, that instinct to survive becomes more important than anything else, which is why I think it's crazy that the cheetahs didn't eat their brother. That's the whole point of this. Yeah. Yeah. I hear what you're saying. It must be not tasty. Well, you and know how sharks that, don't oh, really want humans? Oh, like it's like, oh, like they don't want to eat us. We taste disgusting. We taste good. Well, and in that book, I read the theory of everything else. That was sort of one of the chapters was about how like other animals find us really stinky, like smelly. Yeah. Like they make the face or they grimace like, Ooh, they stink. Like we are with sardines or something, you know, we do eat it if we have to. Yes. Like we are very pungent things. Mm Hmm. Right. So maybe cheetahs taste like dog poop. Right, to other cheetahs. And I heard that only a certain percentage of humans can actually consume human flesh without getting sick. How sick? Like vi- like ill, like you're going to throw up. Yeah. Like you'll get nauseous and your body will reject it kind of thing. That it's only like 25 to 30% who can actually process whatever is in there. Who are those people? I don't know. I, mean? I did, 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 didn't, didn't Google this, but maybe I will afterwards. <laughs> That's crazy, though. I yeah. agree with you. That's suspicious behavior. Because if you would think in the wild where right. it's all about food acquisition. Right. We talk about that. Maybe that's like the reptilian brain. That is the divide between mammals and reptilian. Maybe it's an evolution of the brain. Oh, and certain okay. so different they're like, because they're, they're pack civilized. animals or they're like because they when you expand to maybe a communal like. Yeah, they work as a team. Yeah, then you can't uh-huh. do that kind of stuff because it comes with too many consequences of like, well, what if this person just eat, eats decides to eat me, right? Yeah, right. You know? Okay, There's, yeah, that okay. makes sense. Look at that. We made progress. We did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good work. Mm-hmm. Good work there. <laughs> what else did you learn? Um. Okay, this, uh, well, let's switch it up a little bit and talk about uh, nature and science intersecting in maybe a very mm. dangerous way. 
So AI is starting to do a lot of stuff for people, including write books. And we've okay. seen this and a That's lot of so authors, stupid. it is stupid. And, and I like what the authors are saying, Stephen King and Agatha Christie, who are like, how it's so fucked up that these algorithms are basic because they're theirs is the work that's all over the place and super accessible so the books that ai is writing it sound like stephen king or agatha christie basically the ones that are everywhere and the ones that that they used without paying for it correct right this is the 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 laws that make me crazy like antitrust laws and stuff like that where yes they just break them knowing that it's totally unethical Mm -hmm. and then it's too late. Even if you find them or whatever, they got what they wanted. Right. Well, hope maybe the thing that AI is uh, uh, coming up with and selling right now will be the thing that ultimately makes us shut it down. So hmm. AI is being used to write plant field guides hmm. and plant field guides for what plants are edible and what things you should forage in the area. So there was this title, this work that came out, uh, the forager's harvest Bible, the ultimate guide to wild food and edible plant foraging identification and harvesting in the headshot. The author Hector Lawson smiles sternly, but gently the biography says that he was raised amidst nature on the outskirts of a bustling city. Though it doesn't say where. It doesn't say any of his other publications or his professional background or his education. Well, guess what? His whole bio and who he is, is a, it's fake. That's that was insane. De- so AI is developing foraging books saying what you should and shouldn't eat. Oh, no. And it's not true. And they're not accurate. And they're not up to date. And they don't take into consideration changes in environment or in different regions or what it like. There's this new mushroom that is sweeping across the like Western, I don't know, area. And it's very invasive and very toxic and a big problem. And this manual wouldn't know about that. Because mm-hmm. it's using old... Yeah, things out, change. Like, things mm-hmm. change and nobody's reading this first. So we might have people who go out and pick up the... And I would... The Forager's Harvest Bible, that sounds very trustworthy. Trustworthy. It does. And That's it's got this guy, Hector Lawson. Words. That sounds like the name of a foraging expert. He's got his picture on there. Oh, my God. And, and you think I'm going to trust... Person. And it's not even real. So what happens when somebody dies... Because they've ingested something that an AI, like the AI published and put out there, who's responsible for that? Somebody is. Somebody is responsible if that person dies. Yeah, who put, clicked go or whatever. Is it, mm-hmm. And it's a book that's out on Amazon. So is it yeah. Amazon for, for, like, who's doing it? Yeah, right. This is a problem. Sarah's looking at me like I know. No, the I'm, like, I'm like, no, Susie. Who does it? Who? Like, yeah. <laughs> it's a whodunit. Like I get right. the Chrissy would love. Right. Um, <laughs> I'll tell you what I love. And that is, well, you know how we love Rocket Money, okay? Yes. But Rocket Money has a really cool new Rocket Visa signature card. And here's what's cool. It is the first credit card designed for home ownership. I don't know if you oh. heard, but it's really freaking hard to get a home these days. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Like, 
the cards are stacked against you, my yes, friends. Correct. So Rocket Visa card allows you to earn rewards on your purchases. You know how that goes. Yeah. And then, so you're dining out, you're traveling, whatever, and then you can redeem your rewards for 5% cash back towards closing costs and down payment when you buy a home with Rocket Mortgage. The Rocket people are doing awesome things, and I'm super excited about it. They're all about helping you, like, build. Sort it out. Yes. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, because we use the Rocket Money app to budget and get our bills lower, and so now they're doing some really cool stuff. So you'll once you purchase a home, you earn two percent cash back towards your Rocket Mortgage balance. Oh, so nice. like you're buying your normal stuff, and then it's going towards helping you pay for a mortgage. I say, fabulous. Um, apply for Rocket Mine. Excuse me. Apply for the Rocket Visa card today at rocketcard.com slash brain candy and get up to 5% cash back on every purchase toward a new loan with Rocket Mortgage. Rocketcard.com slash brain candy for up to 5% cash back towards your new home from Rocket Mortgage when you're approved. Rocketcard.com slash brain candy. All Rocket Visa signature cards are powered by Deserve and issued by Celtic Bank, a Utah chartered industrial bank member FDIC. Terms and conditions apply. Visit www rocketcard.com to learn more. Can't wait. Pretty till cool. Monday I can buy a house. That's what I was thinking about. I'm sure it's not far away though. I don't know. You it feel feels like it like is? It. Yeah, it's Aww. crazy. The housing market is just so crazy. It's just well, that's so true. like like you know, and what what you get, and and you know, I don't know. I'm mad about it. It's really terrible, and I hate just I hate everything about. Like, it's kind of like what we talked about with that Airbnb situation. Now these, like, I hated when I was looking for places to rent. And I was also maybe, I was like, maybe I could buy something. So I found a place that I could maybe buy. And I went and looked at that. And then, um, and then there were 75 other offers on it. It was insane. And they were asking all cash. It was like, 30 plus thousand over asking, like insane. No, yeah. uh, 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 what are they called? Like there's no inspection. Like you don't, you can't even, it's just like you have it if you want it. And then it's yours buyer beware kind of thing. Good luck. Yeah. And Colorado is a buyer beware state. So you don't even have to disclose anything when you do it. So I'm not doing that shit. And then the place that I went to go look at to buy when I was like, ah, buying is out of my price mm-hmm. range. I can't do that. I'm just going to stick to renting for now. It The same place was available the next month to rent for double what the mortgage was because these big property See? management companies yeah. come in, buy it for all cash, and then rent it out. So one in fucking three homes in the neighborhood are rented and owned by these big mortgages. It needs to stop. It's the worst thing. It is... It's very frustrating. It's really fresh. It's like, what do you do? I don't even know. How do you be a person? Right. I looked at what my mom bought our house for when we were growing up. I'm like, that's the thing. Like these boomers, (laughs) when they're like, but I can't like, like, do you ever hear it? Like boomers and like older people like to say like, nobody wants to work anymore, but it's not that it's working for nothing. You realize that work doesn't get what you what it used to. Right. Right. It used to be that like if you did this, this and this, it was like an equation, then you right. could get this. 
but they're very aware of like the growing disparity between the richest and the poorest among us. And they're like, you know what? I'm just going to sit. Yeah. And meanwhile, we got these idiots like selling fake books on Amazon like AI wrote it, making money <laughs> right, off of right. this. The poor authors are like, wait. It's terrible. Like, what yeah. are we even supposed to do? The, and the, the conclusion of this article that I read about mm-hmm. this was whenever you're buying a book, make sure that you Google the author and make sure that they're credible authors. So now, no, remember how Bezos, you used to just you say. Check. Right? Remember how you used to just say. If it's in a book, like go to the library and find yeah. the information. Because if it's in the book, like they now they you have to just, make sure they're not a robot. Correct. Okay, now, yeah. right. Cool, and now cool, I'm cool. like, oh wait, I have to also make sure that the person who wrote the book isn't a robot. I don't have that right. kind of time. Come on. And then the books book that are being written by, pe- written by people are being banned by the same woman who's getting fucking felt up in a Beetlejuice play. Oh my god! Tell me you saw that. I sure did, dude. Just remember, night vision, people. Just remember, if you get implants, massage them a lot, or else they will be stiff and they will look really fake and phony. I don't know if that's what she was going for, but those things, she needed to massage them more. Oh, my God. Did you see that video? I just fully massaged my breast the whole time I I just had that conversation. I sure did. Yeah, it was wild. Like, her boobies were like, they didn't move. Mm Mm-hmm. It was a whole scene. It was like massaging a stone statue. Yeah. (laughs) Wait, I forgot to talk to you about how, you know, we're always talking about like art that's been defaced. Oh. Did you see that guy climbing that statue? What a dummy. (laughs) What a dummy. Like he got, uh, I saw that and I was like, we're definitely going to have to talk about this in the podcast. I know this is like now become one of our themes. Like we talk about this stuff. Can we start Mm. Finding people. Can we actually start like jail? Like, I don't think that you should. The punishments don't fit the crime is what I'm saying. Like, can get caught punishment? with a little bit of weed and go to jail? Break yeah. off the arm of a priceless artifact? Excuse me. I just burped too. Remember Ooh. how break off the be... arm of a priceless artifact and you get a little, little slap on the wrist? I don't think so. Used to be debtor's prison. I feel like oh. they should be a defacer's prison. Yes, there should like be a special. There should place be. And it. you know what you have to do? You have to write in graffiti with a little pen. I will not deface property over the whole wall until you cover the whole wall, and then they they paint over it and you start all over or something. The video that I saw, the guy climbs his statue and he's like holding on dummy. to the arm of the statue, and then it breaks off. I didn't see after that. Like, did you see no. anything after that? Like, what is his reaction? Is he trying to like put it back on? You know what I mean? God. Oh my like, god! Did I it recently, shatter? I recently. So Eli's an interior designer, as you know, and he goes and 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 you know transforms these homes and and spaces and is so creative and does such amazing work. And then you hire a photographer to come in and shoot the whole thing and. One of the things that Eli uh, will admittedly say he's like is not like his forte is styling. So he has me come in, and I love this more than anything oh, in the whole world. That is for sure. So it's I like come unbelievable. In. You like you go into like this weird zombie I do. mode. I yeah. do. <laughs> I do. And I I've seen it, and I love it. it. Is, I just don't have that gift. It is the only place where this is 
a skill that is appreciated. Mm-hmm. And I know I said to the, I said to the photographer because like he and I were like on the same, or I'm like, what if I move that like half an inch like that? And he's like, yeah, yeah, that's perfect. I'm like, see, this is how I know that there is a right answer and a ro- there's a right and a wrong right. because because I watched had- the video of you doing it. I didn't even know. And those I was like, hey, did you taken. see? <laughs> I said to Adam, did you see the video? Sarah was like styling, and I did like an impression of what it looks like to me. And this is what it looks like. Okay, so this is like imagine this water bottle, and then you're like. Yes, that is it. And there okay, is a, it's like there, a half an inch. Yeah, and there's less. a right. There's a difference. And, and I, then like, Adam's like, yeah, like he for him that makes mm-hmm. sense. Correct. I'm like, I don't get. See, it. you either know it or you don't know. <laughs> like that's it. There's one or two. That it's either you're crazy, a crazy person, or you're not. And once yeah. again, no idea what this was talking. What oh, I. Oh, I'm sorry. The guy that broke the statue. Um. Oh, as yeah. I was doing this, thank you. As I was styling this house, I told the, the, now the homeowner is like, has super cool artsy, has all of these amazing art pieces in the house where I'm like, everything is expensive. I know they had Fabergé shot glasses. That's that's what we're talking. That shouldn't even be a thing. and, and, And I'm like, I know that everything I touch, I have to be so delicate with and so careful. It's all art projects. I was arranging this one area. And they had this cool gold sculpture of a middle finger, like giving oh, the, you know, fun. super cool, just a hand, yeah. like a cut off yeah. hand with a finger, like mm-hmm. cool. Who doesn't want right. that? I knock it over. Middle finger breaks off. And this was no joke. 10 minutes after I told him, like, he was like, this is really fragile. Really this careful. is really fragile. And I said, listen, my goal for today is to not break anything. Everything. 10 minutes after I announce how I'm not going to break anything, I do that. And my reaction was, I didn't even, I was like, I broke it. I broke it. I broke something. That was what I said. I broke something. I broke something. Thank God. He goes, oh, was it the finger? The hand with the finger? That's been broken it's a million times. Gift. It was super oh, glued. Okay. It, it's already oh, been broken. God. They were like, you are not the first person who's done thank fucking god but that feeling that i had that moment of watching it in slow motion fall on the floor and then the two piece one piece becoming two and then then you take the piece and you try to stick it back like that's gonna work why we all do that with anything we've ever broken is it, it it to me it's the same as when you thought it was a good idea to take your sweater off when Adam had his head injury. Yeah. Where you're like, I know what I should this do. Definitely it. disrobe. Like that. It's that, like when a man that, has a mattress on the roof of his car and Oh, he holds I'm gonna put it. my hand out. Yeah. The yeah. Superman thinking. I'm gonna take Jerry this piece Seinfeld. that just broke into two where I could see the crack and I'm just gonna rip I'm gonna rest it like solved. that's gonna fit prop done. Yeah. But then I was so happy when they told me that it had already been broken and it was like, oh, we just need a super glue. Yeah, but what did they tell to that guy? That's what I want to oh. know. Like, what happened to that bozo? Like, what I, my Stop whole point was I things. bet he did that thing where you take it and try That's to put it on. I know he did that afterwards. And Unless so we need crumbled. to see the footage because I guarantee that he did that move. Right. Oh, oh, like, it's going to connect again. <sighs> That that delusion. That is, How that old is would you the, say he was? How old? Oh, what do you think? Twenty. That seems twenty-eight year old behavior. Oh, was it? You think I thought older? he was younger. Younger. Oh. I thought he maybe was like nineteen twenty. Well, nineteen not that it matters. Wants to do it, but doesn't do it because he's still like scared. Scared he might get in mm. trouble. 
24 to 28 is there's nobody anymore to get you in trouble, but also Mm -hmm. you're, you, there's nobody to get in trouble anymore. That is the, that is Mount stupidity. That is the, the, the age of like, you're doing dumb shit. Speaking of dumb shit, here's something I want to do. And I want to know how you think this might be received. Actually, I know how it'll be received, but I want you, I want to know. I basically want somebody to tell me that I should do this. So in Colorado, they do not have a helmet law. This mm. is a state where yeah. you can yeah. be whatever age. It's the Darwin ba- Awards. Yeah. Holy fuck. Is mm-hmm. it the Darwin Awards? And we're mm-hmm. in like the Rocky Mountains, some of the da- most dangerous roads and icy and all the worst conditions you could imagine in the, yeah. the in this rocks everywhere. So much so they named it. Hence the name, <laughs> right? Right, right. Uh, I really want to be at a red light with one of these dumbasses, oh, no. and I want to yeah. roll down the window, the and I just want to ask, why aren't you wearing a helmet? What do you think about this? What do you think will Uh-oh. happen? What do you think? Is this a waste of my time and energy? Should I be shaming? It feels similar. Mm. Oh, by the way, I got Eli and I got to do a thumbs down to a guy the other day, and it was so satisfying. That's There's so There's a guy great. on a motorcycle who, like, we weren't going fast enough for. Meanwhile, okay. we're in a 30 residential area, and yeah. he's got to do that thing where he goes, like, vroom, vroom, like super I loud. And I hate it. I, 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 mm, you know I'm sensitive to noises. I hate, hate that. So... Do, what do you, how do you think I will be received if I pull up next to somebody and tell them or ask them, why aren't you wearing a helmet? It depends. I just want are to know you, their actual answer. Are you wearing a Jenny Kane sweater? Well, I feel like I will be taken with more like authority. <laughs> like, I, I yeah, know. Right. How about this? You know how I get BDE when I put my boots on? Yes. I get this air of like sophistication right. and entitlement maybe mm-hmm. when I put mm-hmm. on my you validated yes to Jenny Kane. like do you I see agree. my sweater I yeah. know things yeah I'm wearing cashmere <laughs> please well God, that sweater is amazing it's amazing and if you didn't respond well it doesn't matter because you're just happy because you're looking great Jenny Kane has our favorite 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 items in our closet that keep us warm and cozy yep and looking stylish. And there are forever pieces. That, for yes. me, is what I love about it. It is. I have said this to Eli because we're right on that border of summers now turning into fall. It's and crisp. my favorite Jenny Kane item are these shearling lined mock slippers. Like yeah. they're like clogs sort mm-hmm. of. They're clogs. And they have like they're, the yeah. shearling line. And they are so warm and cozy. But they look I, cute. I, I tried to wear them to... Uh, Rosh Hashanah holiday services. That's so cute. And I was like, Eli, can I wear these? And he was like, mm, Yeah, they're not little, dressy enough for Temple. But they're not dressy. And I had to, <laughs> I had to step it up a notch. But I am trying so hard. But to dinner that night, and to family dinner, and to yep, heck those yeah, because it's comfort, quality, timelessness. The cashmere fisherman and the cashmere cocoon sweaters are unbelievable. Yes, and now Find they have the cropped your... version. Yes, I was looking for it. I didn't see it because I got sidetracked and bought something else. Anyway, find your forever pieces at JennyKane.com. Our listeners get 15% off their first order when you use code BRAINCANDY at checkout. That's 15% off your first order. J-E-N-N-I-K-A-Y-N-E.com. Promo code BRAINCANDY. Let getting dressed be one less thing to worry about. Ain't that the truth? Okay, wait. So yeah. 
That happened in Pennsylvania where the it was statue? the law, the, no. the he- helmet, oh, it oh, was the it, law it. and then it was not or vice versa. And it was like, how do I feel about this? It's sort of like the hamster wheel crossing the ocean guy. It's like, uh, like do we need just... to protect these people from their dumb ass IQ selves? But they are. All it takes is that it's, it's not like a, they're going to fall. And, and I think about my brother, who's the firefighter who then has to deal with the guy who decided mm-hmm. to not wear a helmet. And it's yeah, a different call, call them... when he, yeah. What um, do they call them? Well, they, I mean, I forget the. Ju- the joke, nurses call of, them, yeah. It's uh, like, the motorcycles. Um, What's organ, the name? organ donate. Oh, yeah. Something about organ donors and how they're yes. like their heads are gone, but their bodies yeah. can be useful because they're all young, you know. All young, and I remember I, I I dated a guy who was in medical device sales, and okay, stick with me. This sounds crazy, creepy, but it's true. He sold skin. He sold the. Like he was a, a medical device, like medical device sales, but like he worked with burn victims and like in ICU units and he would be like the, because oh, you could donate for, your like, skin. And he said, I asked him, who is your number one? Like, what do you see the most at all motorcycle oh, accidents? See? That's it. Motorcycle accidents and burns. That's it. it and that's what all his business. The people he's that like, don't I would like never drive helmet. a motorcycle. And so now you're not going to wear a helmet. I'm going to, I'm definitely, I'm going to ask. The people that don't wear it, they say, and I do believe them, that it's uncomfortable and you get sweaty. You know what else is uncomfortable? <laughs> Being a paraplegic. Right. Right. I mean, I obviously get it. Yeah. But I'm just saying they feel like, kind of like people were about masks, which while I, I agree, I hate wearing masks. Right. But it's like cost benefit. And fringes on their Well, it's uncomfortable. Whatever. Uncomfortable. Yeah, like I mean, Sarah, stick. I you... I know you say that, and I get it, but like seatbelt law, those are uncomfortable too. We all decided we should so do that. Do masks for real? They don't bother you too much. No, I okay. love it. I prefer it. You prefer the mask? I do. I would like that. Are you serious? Yeah. Well, you I'm can also wear them anytime wears, you want. Likes to wear earplugs in public, so. I wish we could all walk around with noise canceling headphones and that would be fine. She's too. very sensitive. Okay. I am. I, and I bought the ones that you could just wear. I, I was like, Eli, I'm doing it. I'm committed. I'm just going to be like that person. I'm, I, it's too You're going to have great hearing one day then. I think, uh, yeah, I am. Mm. I'm going to stick For those on. Yes. Okay. No, I just say that much. because like I wore the mask and was the way that you would expect a liberal to be about the mask, but I did not enjoy it. Oh. I hated it. I was so glad when it became... More of a uh, no, exception. Like, oh, I got a couple zits. Let's go back to the mask. <laughs> That's so great. Yeah. Felt like All I right. Never Fair, to each their own. Yeah. Um, okay. One more story before we wrap up. I have okay. to tell you more animal facts. Um, yes, do I want to tell you about animal facts? Oh, yes. This is kind of like animal. Oh, my God. There are so many good ones. <laughs> Which one do I want to do? This is... Okay. This was a a... An article that was sent by Veto Player, one of our listeners. Love that guy, yeah. So many good stories he sent us. So the I, I have to read you what the article says. So the article accompanied a video that or the the description, like the the write up was it 
accompanied a video and the video I see. had the visuals and explained more. But let me just okay. read you what I re- read. Okay. So we're it. all on the mm-hmm. same page before mm-hmm. I watched the video. Okay. Residents of Tanza in the Philippines were puzzled when they discovered a snake that appeared to have four legs. No. Villagers caught the unusual creature after it attempted to attack a local security guard. The snake, which measured around 12 inches in length, had four legs protruding from its midsection, giving it the bizarre appearance of a brachiosaurus dinosaur. (laughs) Now, when I first read that, and I was like, did they just say... A snake with legs? That's a motherfucking lizard. <laughs> I didn't see the video and I was like, did they just try to describe a salamander? Right, right. Did they not hear my episode a little bit ago where I had discovered a salamander, learned what a salamander was? And I was like, that's a snake with legs? What's happening? Right, like so if they saw that- a snail and they would be like, that's a seashell with a blob. Right. And I was like, mm, Philippines, I'm going to need, I'm going to need some more info. So let me show you. I can't the- believe that's what you thought though. Cause I'm just thinking like, I have got to see this snake like, with four legs. They just, they just described a motherfucking lizard. <laughs> like, I was really, I was like Philippines, you're trying to pull it over okay, at me. Good and one. it was, it, it made me laugh a lot. So I was like, I guess I'll watch the video. And then okay. I took a screenshot from the video so that I could show you so that yeah. you could see and okay. listeners uh you will just like have to uh watch our Imagine. Uh, version of this or yeah, google it watch ready? the or, video wh- <gasps> oh oh no <laughs> no so okay what i'm seeing here <laughs> is a snake that ate a lizard <gasps> oh Susie! my god so okay I'm sorry, Kara, zookeeper, move over. Somebody's going to be vying for your job (laughs) at at the zoo because Susie Uh, figured out what the the people there didn't figure out, that this was a snake that ate a lizard and then the lizard's little legs popped through its side. How did they not know? How did they not? After I said, after it said it and I, like the comment said it and they're like, well, this is a snake. Oh my God. I was like. What what's happening in the schools? Or in maybe the, they they knew, but they were like, maybe I think that's it. Kind of okay. like that alien in Mexico. Oh my god! Yeah, yeah, right. I, I mean, really, I was real excited for a minute. I really love the memes where it'll just be like a gremlin in a bo- a shoebox that somebody's like, like an actual toy gremlin. <laughs> like <laughs> somebody. I found an alien. Hey, this thing. Huh? <laughs> so so stupid so that picture is worth subscribing to our newsletter just to be able to see okay but how did come on how did it go from a picture like that to international news and they say attacked a security guard i don't think that thing attacked anything maybe the snake did maybe right but attacked (laughs) <laughs> the thing is is do you see it on notebook paper susie no. that's not that's not what who are who are we threatening oh it barely God, it's on notebook paper i didn't barely, even realize that that that's one of those oh my god what do they call those books composition composition that's a composition notebook that's a composition notebook it's actually the cutest darn snake you ever did see 
with some little legs. I like, bet he's, he had he some looks very cute and tiny. How do you break that down? It's dead. And then they're like flicking it around like it's really going to do something. Oh, the snake is dead? Yes, that's dead. It's dead. That. It's not even alive. Okay. Right. The other things that you think they would put in the article, the, the write-up for the yeah. video. But I guess I clicked the video and I watched it. And so, like, you know, I don't know. Video Jeff player. Bezos made I think this is silly. I get it. But I, no, it's a great story. I it's loved every minute. Story. It was a real. Oh yeah, I'm glad he sent it. I'm yeah. just saying, like, can you believe? Can you believe? Also, can you believe how awesome Honey Love leggings are? And I and absolutely bras. can. And I, 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 I should have. I, I want to do. I will do a video because I have a clothing hack. What? That is Honey Love bra is the best for. So okay. do you see all those, there's like girls who look super cute out there who like look like they have a crop shirt, but it's kind of like a long shirt, but it's like tucked under sure. into like yeah. something like question mark. Like what the hell is she talking about? Right, yeah. like, mm. how, how does the shirt, is it cinched? I don't know. So I, when I went to Rosh Hashanah services, I wore my long dress and then over my dress, hear me out. I put my honey love sports bra. That was real tight. And then I put my sweater over that. And then I tucked the sweater into the Honey Love bra. I will take a video of this to show you. I can't believe what you come up with. Such a cute hack. And then underneath my dress, I was wearing the shapewear because I knew it was going to be sweaty sitting in those tents all day. And I didn't want those legs rubbing together and having that chafing problem. So I was wearing Honey Love, but (laughs) in like a... head to toe. Head to toe. But... In an alternative Secret. way. Yes. Yeah. And so I was like, I should do a video. But then we were like running late. And Eli's like, we're always 45 minutes late. To <laughs> like, I gotta go. And so I didn't have to do it. But I, I, it's it's the best trick. It's how you get that cute cropped look. And the Honey wow. Love doesn't w- like cut into you. So it's super comfortable. Here's me. I'm just like, I guess I'll try back. a different belt today. Like, I don't think of these things. I'm not It's, it's the trick. I will show you how to do it. I'll make a reel. You guys are going to be so happy. And it solves all your problems because it's it's like racerback or crossback or like it's that bra. It's does so it all. cute. It's their bestseller crossover bra. It's comfortable and it's designed to. Prov- you know that bulge in the back. Yes, I know. Happens. They are wanting to smooth that, so they designed it that way to prevent that bra bulge and all that jazz. It's so great for workouts. I love the leggings. Also, treat yourself to the best shapewear on the market and save twenty percent off at honeylove.com/slash/braincandy. Use our exclusive link. To get 20% off, honeylove.com slash brain candy cinched, snatched, and lifted. It's hot girl season thanks to Honey Love. Yes. And now I'm going to introduce our author, Ooh. Jay Rubin Appleman. He's the author of The Kill Jar. And this book is called While Idaho Slept, The Hunt for Answers and the Murders of Four College Students. So I don't know if you followed it too much, but this was a, a crime that was very much sort of um, influenced by the TikTok yeah, armchair detective phenomenon. And so people would deduce things from the most smallest of details and like extrapolate and theorize and clickbait. And then people's lives would be ruined who had nothing to do with it. But it was like, Ooh, that guy looks creepy. Who's that on some camera footage or whatever. And it's just, made me crazy. So that was one of the things I wanted to cover with him was like how the public now is being 
they think of themselves as yeah. like helpful. They're trying to be helpful, I guess, but it's not okay. No. And this God, case really was affected affect by case. that. Oh my gosh. And then the police had to, and the yeah. investigators had to like withhold information that normally they would share even from the uh, victim's families. Because if it got shared, then these people would run with it and they would mess up the whole investigation. And the truth is, this was solved, assuming that the uh, alleged guy is the guy, by good old-fashioned sleuthing, police work, detective work. It wasn't solved by some weirdo on TikTok who thinks they have the answer. But like happened one time and then we're like, oh, that's definitely how it like, no, that's like a broken clock is right twice a day kind of thing. Yes. Let the professionals do their job. Let them do their job. If yeah, you get it. Anyway, you'll love the interview. You'll love the book. It comes out on October 2nd. So next Tuesday Mm -hmm. and, um, that's all. Welcome to the show. Jay Rubin Appleman. Thank you so much for coming on Brain Candy Podcast. I just finished your book, While Idaho Slept, The Hunt for Answers in the Murders of Four College Students. I just am stunned at how much you were able to accomplish so fast in terms of creating this book and the narrative. Tell me about that. Was it overwhelming? Uh, overwhelming, yeah. Not in, the, not in the workload, but in the the sort of the deep dive into the emotional uh, world of it, of it all to, to yeah. do it, so, to do it so fast. Um, you know, I was working probably 12 hour days for five months or something like that. And I actually got a separate office space, uh, lived out of it half the time, just because I knew the immersion process was going to be pretty intense. And um, the emotional impact of it without giving yourself room to breathe uh, between between dives, right? Um, just back to back to back to back to back um, um, was pretty intensive. And, and uh, I spent about a month after finishing the book uh, just kind of walking around, air, airing out, <laughs> so to speak. Right. So, I can see yeah. why. And I, I it was so effective. I mean, I'm sure it took its toll, but what the work that you did was so effective because it you successfully humanized these people that had somewhat become mm, i don't know flattened i felt in like the social media noise and so i really felt like i got to know the victims and their families and you must be really proud of that that's so impressive well yeah, I don't know. The word proud is a tough one. I understand, I understand what you're saying for sure. At the end of the day, um, I, you know, I wrote about people who had been brutally murdered and, and I'm sort of, um, in, at a very basic level, like a tourist in that somehow, but, and that feels a little, it feels slightly dirty, but at the same time, um, I realized that I, I came to it with a big heart and an open mind in order to tell a story that, uh, hopefully it would resonate with people um, and, and like you say, humanize these people. They're not just um, poster board for our, for our media. Uh, they're not just sort of like um, uh, uh, splashy pop culture uh, zines that we're throwing around. I mean, these are, these are people who are brutally assaulted. Um, there's a story there that had to be told. Um, and uh, hopefully I told it with the right, um, the right, um, 
uh, rooted in the right spaces. And, and um, you know, we have a tendency with true crime, especially, I mean, you, you know this, and, um, to sort of, uh, we treat it like any other story. It's like, oh, there's a story. We run to get the story, but that's not really what's going on here. This isn't just like a bridge went out or this isn't, you know, this is a horrific thing um, that, that the media is chasing after. And I, I, I know I'm a part of that. And I, I hope that, that I, that I bring a certain measure of grace to it when I do it. And so the, so the proud thing, I totally get what you're saying. You know, I, it never occurs to me to be proud of this type of work. All it, all it, all that occurs to me is to um, tell the most honest, truthful thing I can about these people. And that means digging deeply into them. It also means digging deeply into the alleged perpetrator and things like that. You know, it's, uh, we have a tendency to just say the, the word creepy and throw it up against people's pictures. We know nothing about them. We just, we freeze frame on a still of them in, in court looking weird. Everybody looks weird in court. I go to court. So true. I've been to court for like sitting in the, uh, whatever you call the pews, not the pews, but the, uh, you know, the rows there. And and I feel creepy. It's intense. Um, yeah. It's not a natural environment, right? Yeah. yeah so even with the perpetrator, alleged perpetrator, any suspect, you know, hopefully I treat them with a measure of grace. I'm not, a, I'm not in, in this game to like skewer anybody. I'm just trying to tell a story. Right. And that's, I, I just feel like it's so important to differentiate between there's a big umbrella. If you're going to just say the media or reporting or whatever, because now that includes some bozo that just, you know, there's a lot of people that are quote unquote reporting on social media that are not like you. And I feel like good reporting requires time and depth that you just can't get whenever you're, you're just creating a TikTok for a new following that you want or something. It's just different, right? Yeah. Yeah. I agree with that hundred percent. There were a lot of people that I ran into up there in, in Moscow, you know, it's, it's a five-hour drive from where I'm. I'm actually based in Boise, south of south of Moscow, about five and a half hours. And and um, I went up there several times. And and each time I was up there, uh, there was sort of random people with, um, you know, walking around the the what they call the murder house now with their cell phones, taking footage. And um, and that's you know to be expected. A lot of them though have a pretty decent sized following, but they have no investigative acumen or they have no um, experience in, in covering sensitive stories, let's say, um, they're just up there chasing down clicks and, um, that can be frustrating. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, there are other people that do a really good job, you know, um, and that's kind of cool to see. I mean, there are people that, you know, you have, you have a podcast and, and you, you, you do a really great job of it. Um, and you, you're in that world and you see there's occasionally people that are like, yeah, there's no difference between you and a national correspondent for for some other thing, and and that that's kind of cool to see. But yeah, there is an upside that more people perhaps get a chance to um, demonstrate their talent and ability to reach people with a story. But um, the downside is that if people aren't discerning, they don't know how to tell what's credible and what's not. And that puts a lot of pressure on the casual, you know, someone just going on their phone to escape, right? Yeah. And and as you see what happened uh, with this case, there were so many people, um, we call them cyber sleuthing or armchair investigators or 
whatever the word for that would be for people who actually go out to the beat um, and chase down the story, but with, without much uh, way, way, intuit, intuitive nature or whatever about them. But um, a lot of people got um, accused of these crimes based on some of, some of these. Um, right. Uh, yeah, I'm mad false, about it. False, false reporting. Yeah, you should be. <laughs> like, like You're ruining people's lives just for funsies. Tell me how you are not mad. Are you mad? It fires just me fun- up. Yeah, just for funsies. That really is what it is. Um, you, there were people doing TikTok dances in front of the murder house. Um, I can't. It seems it's infuriating. It's, it's ridiculous. But yeah, um, you know, there were, I can count right now probably 10 different um, uh, podcasters or, pers- you know, online personalities, TikTokers or YouTubers or whatever that, um, uh falsely reported things with false with false headlines attached to their content, which was clearly, you know, saying things like uh, Kaylee's stalker showed up, question mark, or something like that. Right. And so, and so you look at that and you go, oh, Kaylee's stalker showed up. That's what any any viewer would say. But the, somewhere in their content, they dropped the line. Is it possible that Kaylee had a stalker and he showed up? You know, <laughs> right, this, right. that becomes the headline. And and people only, as you know, only skim content now for mm. many people. And so they see these headlines. And in the case of like, um, I, I shouldn't name them. I won't name them because it'll just add more fuel to the fire. But in the case of some of these people who were suspected of the crimes, um, their names were in the headlines of content from podcasters. And so those headlines will never go away the more clicks they get, right? I hate it. So these people are living with the the accusation against them. Every time you Google these people for a job interview or whatever, if you're Googling to see who's coming into your office or whatever it is, this content is always going to show up for them. They're going to have to change their names. They're going to have to, you know, in some instances, they're going to be like, I'm a little tired of this. I think they're going to relocate, right? It's like, it's chaos. So, yeah. Um, and it's not great. I mean... I don't think it's okay, but I do understand what inspires it because you can make a lot of money, you know, online. And the best way to do that is with these, I don't know, extreme clickbaity type things. I get it. Yeah. But it's it makes sense. sense. People, are, people are trying to eat. Um, one, one thing I don't discuss in super depth in the book, but, but I've had many discussions about it um, is that after after these horrific crimes, there's a whole economy that pops up around them that flourishes. Um, there are, and, and not all of it is necessarily bad, but in the case of the Moscow murders, um, so uh, within days, you know, dozens of media personalities are are, are swarming Moscow. Um, that's a, that's a sort of a, a way of money circulating right through the through the media companies. Then the YouTubers, podcasters. Um, uh, then there are GoFundMe's being started, and mm. then then there are um, donations being made. Then there are state government, you know, is is dropping a million dollars to the University of Idaho. What what I'm suggesting is not that it's all bad, but that a, a quadruple homicide occurs, and within a month, um, tens of millions of dollars circulate around this around this horrible event. And there's something societally interesting about that. There's like um, the, the, the economy about the economy of murder, let's call it or whatever. It's like, it's, it's, um, 
it's really interesting. I mean, I, you know, journalists, let's say me, like, like I wrote a book about this case, right? Um, of course, I got paid to write the book. Um, now, I didn't get paid to write the, I didn't get paid any more than any other journalist that dedicates a year of their life to a story, right? Like if, if you're working for the New York Times, you get paid, you're on salary and you get paid. Um, the only way to do something like that is to get paid. Otherwise, you're, you're starving, you're homeless, and you have no money, and you can't go take the time to write the book, right? Right. So, um, but even that alone, there's a certain measure of, of guilt that is carried for, with that, you know, it's like, um, and, and, and societal, um, uh, projection of, of their own uneasiness about that as well. Like, um, mm-hmm. I might look at as somebody who profited off of this, but in really, in reality, I just, I just paid my bills while I wrote a book. Right. <laughs> um, and, and news reporters look like they're pariahs, but, but people want the story. We want to know what happens. So in some ways we, we need to welcome media. We need to welcome podcasters, but there's this line, this unethical line that many, many people cross. Right. And, and um, it's very clear. They wear it on their skin. They don't care about, about the stampede or what they're, what they're, um, uh, what they're crashing over in their stampede for the story. You know, you can see that in people's eyes, but I saw that um, in, in some of the podcasters that showed up or the YouTubers. Um but and in some of the me- some of the mainstream media, but not in most of it. Most people approach it like, "Look, this is an honest day's work. Somebody needs to tell this story." And and most people are ethical and have big hearts and understanding. Yeah. Nobody wants to feel what these families are feeling, um, and and they're very sensitive to that. I found most people were pretty sensitive. So. Yeah, and I think it's an important story to report on and to tell and to understand. Um, just the elements of human psychology, what can lead someone to do something terrible, et cetera. So the story should be told, but I wish, I just want to encourage consumers, the viewers of whatever to vote with their eyeballs Mm. on, you know, what's valuable resource and what is just entertainment about death. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But you know what? It's funny, not funny, but interesting to me in the book i the part that really struck me were the passages about the alleged murderer's sort of struggles with his mental health and some uh, uh issues he was dealing with physically and he talked about what it was called what visual snow visual. syndrome yeah. correct which i'd never heard of and it's sort of framed as a a visual issue, but it seems like the worst symptoms really were about what happened in his mind and how he felt changed emotionally. Anyway, he was talking about how he felt this depersonalization, like this distance from reality, almost like he was sort of observing and wondering about the world without being engaged. And sometimes it feels like the people watching the content are experiencing the same depersonalization, like a lack of understanding that this is real. These are real people. Do you know what I mean? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I hear hundred percent. I agree with you hundred um, percent. In terms of uh, the suspect, he um, suffered uh, allegedly, I mean, according to him anyway, he, suff- he suffers from visual snow and imagine like um, the, the days when you have a bad headache or when you're dehydrated or you're a little hungover. I don't drink anymore, but but I remember those days pretty well. Um, uh, 
and, and you're walking through the streets with just a little brain fog, right? And you just can't connect. Well, visual snow is like this static, this 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 thing going on in your in your head all the time in front of your eyes, and you're seeing you're seeing like when somebody trails their hand uh, and they wave at you, you still see the trail behind them, like it's in slow mo or or whatever you would call that cinematically, like the 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 actual trail of the image drags behind the image. Now it's not slow mo, but something else. But but that happens it, allegedly with with Brian Koberger and. Um, or at least it did pretty pretty heavily when he was a little younger. And um, imagine the detachment you feel from the world just with your dehydration or whatever. You just you just need water. And and imagine walking around with that every day of your life. How detached you eventually feel. There's no true connection to be able to make, be made. Um, you know, somebody tells you I love you, and you say, Yeah, intellectually I can understand I love you too. But right now I just need a glass of water. Like that's. That's what you're feeling, right? And and when you're de- dehydrated, imagine that all the time, and how how difficult that would be to make true connections with that. And then, how do you socialize in that with that going on? How do you integrate into a workplace? How do you? I mean, if if that's actually happening with him as a young as a younger person, um, it's very clear that that would cause severe mental trauma um, and societal issues um, ongoing. Um, but Obviously, it doesn't excuse what the actions, right? If, if sure. those are if those are the actions he took, but to but to segue real quick to uh, you, what you talked about with society looking in on these murders and the detachment, desensitive, desensitivity, um, yeah, like in some ways, maybe um, if you know we're spiritually ungrounded, um, mm-hmm. we're, we're drowning in 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 media clips and. Um, and and Instagram posts and and um, false ideas of what we should do with our lives and there's no spiritual grounding. I'm not talking about religion or anything. I'm talking about just connecting to the universe. Mm-hmm. And we're walking around like that. We see just another series of of murders. Yeah, um, it, it doesn't feel like much to most people. Um, it takes a conscious practice of tuning in. Uh, uh, spiritually and mentally to really understand what's going on when you see all this stuff in the media. And um, we just look at it, unfortunately, like another story because we're, how can, how can we not when there's a thousand stories hitting us in the face every day? Mm-hmm. It, his, when he posted about it, he seemed to be seeking help. He didn't yeah. want to feel that way. And I just was surprised to be reading that. I, I hadn't heard that he experienced that and it felt sincere that he didn't like what was happening and that there had been a shift. And I don't know, I guess I just feel like it's a shame that there wasn't an intervention there that could have changed the path possibly for him. I don't know. It just broke my heart. Yeah, it it is heartbreaking. I mean, um, on the one hand, we have a criminal justice system uh, in place because there are really violent people in the world and we need to figure out what to do with them. but on the other hand, all of these really violent people started as children. I talk about it all the time. You know, these were just two and three year old kids walking around in their pajamas waiting for snack time. I say that all the time. And, <laughs> and no, none of them, none of them hoped and dreamed for their lives that they would grow up with a diseased brain mm. and go on to murder people. That's not how we start our lives. And and um, and 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 clearly there's greater happiness on the side of good than evil. And, and those people would choose to be good if they could, 
have earlier. You know, there, there's not a whole lot of people in the criminal justice system that are really happy about where they are. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, and that's a little heartbreaking. The story is much bigger always than what happened on this day. It's always what happened 20 years before this day. How did this happen? How did this really happen? Not who done it, but how did this happen for God's Yes, sake? yes, that's exactly right. And that's why I was so grateful when I was reading your book, because that's what is interesting to me, that the crime I'm not interested in, but why it happened and what can cause a human being to act that way. I mean, I that was really compelling to read about and you did it so well. I wondered why, I mean, this is a, a dude, uh, regardless of whether he did it or not, that I wouldn't want to hang out with based on what I've read. He sounded like he wasn't a big fan of, of women. Um, he was sort of, strange and argumentative and kind of a dick. Um, But I wondered, he had made so much progress, right? He had changed his life. He was in a PhD program. Things were looking up, but he like couldn't go all the way. Is that your sense that he just like couldn't get there? Yeah. Well, um, my sense about Brian Koberger from what I've read and what and what and from the people that I've talked to and from reports that you know are ongoing um, is yeah like you say he's the dick um, but 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 um, so 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 are fifty uh, percent of men in the world. Um, There's a lot of dicks. Yeah, that's my that's my take. But and it doesn't make you a murderer. However, yeah. however, um, um, I definitely think that. From what I from what I understand about Brian Koberger, he, like any person suffering from, let's say, addiction mm. or or trauma related pasts of any kind, um, bad behavior that's cyclical in their lives. I think he did really good for a long time, and at the end of the day, um, we are who we are. Um, lots of times, and it's it's a struggle to evolve from that. So just like an addict who gets sober for three years and and then goes back into a bar, you know, it's kind of like that. It felt like for me for Koberger, like um, he did really well. He got his act together. He picked heroin. He got into great physical shape. Um, he he was running at a really high high rate. Of, reports are that his his mile time over a consistent, like a five mile run or whatever is like in the six, six minute something range, which is, which is a great, uh, great range for someone who's not a, you know, professional runner or whatever, you know, doing six minute miles, you're running pretty, running pretty hard and fast. And, um, he was in great shape and, um, yeah. And he was entering a PhD program and he had his sights set on law enforcement. Um, people say, yeah, well, he probably had his sights set on law enforcement so he could get away with these with murders throughout his life. Maybe, but at the same time, it takes a lot to get into a PhD program. You don't have to be a genius, but it but it does take hard work, you know. And um and and um yeah, he looked like he was doing really well. Um but look, if 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 uh if you're fighting serious serious demons, um it's it's not always that easy to stay on the right path and anything can set you off. I mean, um, I haven't drank in 13 years. I probably won't drink ever again in my life. I claim that I'm waiting for the right woman and I'll drink, I'll drink when that happens, but but um that's really just a joke. The reality is I don't I don't like alcohol, um, what it does to my brain, right? And um 
Koberger probably seems to like some some somebody like that, where he's like, I don't like that part of my life. I'm going to stay away from it. But in the right circumstances, most people can be broken somehow. And and maybe he was dealing with so much rage and embarrassment and shame. I think a lot of this is shame and anger driven and um, something set him off um, and, he, and he spun out. Um, even, even serial killers will tell you, yeah, I, I didn't kill for 15 years because I, because I was able to fight it. Um, uh, hmm. You know, if you're a murderer, it doesn't mean you murder every day or have to. He, he went through a spell where he took care of himself. He did the right things. And then he went through a spell where he didn't. And this, this appears to be what happened. I'm not saying, look, he hasn't been convicted in yeah. court law, but based, but based on everything we know, this is what appears to have happened. Right. Um, Here's what I want to know there. You left a little something in that book that I wanted a lot more of, but I assume you can't, you didn't include more because we just don't know more, which is very responsible. And I like that, but what is the story allegedly about did you say that he slid into DMs? Well, was there a DM slide that happened? Well, it's been reported that there yeah. was that, that he yeah. So all I could say, and this is the thing about the book, um, yeah. a lot of this is like, look, this is what has been said. Yeah, um, you're connecting the dots. Yeah, it appears. Yeah. That, it appears that he he did, but. Um, until until that is brought out in court, nobody knows. Nobody will know the for sure. Story. And, and because of the gag order on this case, and because of um, you know the sensitive nature of it, they're not releasing all the information that they have um, in court. We will find out probably. Did he DM these people? Um, it, it appears that he. Did. I mean, there are yeah. invest- there are investigators close to the close to the case who reported that he did. Um, yeah. They reported that they, they said that to reporters when they shouldn't have those right. reporters, those reporters then disseminated that information and put it out there. Is that true? I mean, you know, until somebody puts Brian Koberger on the stand and, and confronts him with these DMS, we don't, we don't know, but, and, and you're, hopefully it's clear in the book that like some of those things I skirt around because I just yeah. can't say, I just can't say if he did or didn't, I can only tell you what people said. Yeah. I find that very interesting and consistent with other parts that we do know um, of what maybe was bothering him or motivating his behavior at that time. After, go ahead, sorry. Oh, and just that those, those DMs though were reported to be pretty benign, like, Hey, how, Hey, how are you doing? And then they don't answer. So then we all know those guys though. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I know those guys. They're yeah. just, I get those guys too, actually. <laughs> um, right. They, they, they really don't have like a good line or whatever. So they just say something yeah. like that. Yeah. Okay. So after the crime, you talk about how he seemed to have more pep in his step. If you were to assume that he is guilty, what do you think it would have been about that incident or the crime that would have been so, I don't know, shifting of his behavior? Yeah. Well, on the one hand, he also, it was also reported simultaneously that in certain moments, he also looked more disheveled and was a little more crazy feeling. He was always late and stuff. And that could be, that could just be dealing with the reality of, 
evasion, or maybe he's up all night reading the reports about him, yeah. or about, about the sus about looking for suspects right. <laughs> before before anybody knew it was him. But but the 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 other thing, the pep and the step. I mean, I mean, it's it's pretty widely um, acknowledged that there's like um, for people who have the compulsion to murder that there's a feeling of release, like there's a right. I'm not saying it's like sexual in nature, but some, for some people it is, um, for some murderers it is. Um, but that feeling you get after, um, (laughs) not to be too graphic for your, for your audience, but that it it appears with some people anyway, that it's, it's like they had a good night and they feel great and they're on cloud nine the next morning. Let's say it like that. Sure. Tension was relieved. Yes. And, um, that's, that's what it seemed like. Um, to some people that I report on, right? I mean, I wasn't there. I didn't go to school with him. Right. But, but that is what some of the students said. Um, some that that their instructor was their instructor and peer in some instances was um, um, uh, much more lighthearted and easygoing and and graded them easier. Didn't care what they're returning and gave everybody A's. Seemed pretty happy. Um, and was was much more uh, friendly to be around um, in the days after the murders. Um, and I think it's after that that he started to become more disheveled, if I'm remembering right. Um, that that and that makes sense. I mean, um, I think it's the Telltale Heart. I can't remember the story, but uh, uh, Poe, uh, I could be remembering it wrong, so forgive me, but somebody commits a murder and then that their heartbeat is so loud they can't live with it anymore like over the it becomes louder and louder or it's or it's or they lock somebody behind a behind a brick wall i can't remember the story exactly but but anyway you get the point is that living with your conscience and living with the the constant reporting online that he must have been reviewing constant you know constantly himself yeah. uh, it it i'm sure it took a physical toll on him he started to look a little crazier um but yeah, in terms of the grading, he he was perceived as as an asshole, but in in his in his grading, and then after the murders, he was perceived as the easiest grader they'd ever had. He was just grading everything. Right, right. there was a marked change from within the semester. Yeah, on the other hand, we have to we have to piece it together a little bit. We also know that he was being reprimanded by uh, upper faculty for complaints against him. So it's also very possible that he was grading easier because he was trying to curry favor with his students and get better reviews. I mean, professors do that all the time. I, I was a professor for 10 years. I know lots of people who have complained that the reviews can tank your career. Truly. And any, any student with a grudge can get online, send an email and tank, tank your career by complaining about something they made up or whatever. Mm-hmm. But, but, um, and many professors feel feel uh, really strongly that they have to get their students on their side in order to get tenure or whatever. And it could it could be that he was doing that, you know, that he was just great and easy for that. But the the situation doesn't look like that. It looks like he felt better in the days after the murders. He's a guy who um, supposedly felt like he was real smart and liked talking about it, and was clearly smart enough to get in this program. I think a lot of people will wonder how somebody that's going to be or is an expert in criminology could be that bad at committing a crime. <laughs> don't you think? You have a PhD, don't you? Yeah. Yeah, I thought so. Um, I think, 
you know, most people in most programs are PhD programs are pretty smart to get there, but it doesn't mean that, that they're, they're necessarily brilliant or that, or that you want to roll around with them in your everyday life or that. Right. Right. They're usually quirky. Definitely quirky. Mm -hmm. And some are very young when they do it though. Like, you know, we're talking about people that are 24, 25 in PhD programs. It's not the same as somebody going in their thirties or whatever. Some of these people are um, real inexperienced at life, but, but are just intellectual. And it, it, it seems though that Brian Koberger was not the sharpest tool in the shed ever that he managed to get into PhD programs into, into the PhD program, probably because it was his area of interest, Mm -hmm. but anything else, he might not have been um, super, super accelerated. Like Mm -hmm. it doesn't seem like he was a straight A student. It doesn't seem like he was throughout his history, right? If you find something you're passionate about, you excel in, you can excel in it, but it doesn't mean you're super bright, you know, like, like I'm a, I'm a good, I'm a good writer, but it's probably because I can't do anything else. Like, you know, and so you focus on the one thing you can do, right? And, and so, so it doesn't mean that I can, I can hang with Pulitzer Prize winners or Nobel Peace Prize winners and figure out the universe. If I commit a crime, I'm liable to make slip ups as well. Like it's, it's, you know, being bright doesn't mean, um, that, that you're going to, that you're going to out, outdo the odds, you know? Um, and it seems like Koberger wasn't, I mean, he made a lot of mistakes for someone in the PhD program in criminology, for sure. If, if that, if he's the guy, sure, right? if he's the guy, <laughs> um, but, but also I think the interesting thing is his survey that he posted on Reddit asking criminals, how, how were you at the moment of your crime? Um, how did you plan it? What did you, how did you think you would get away with it or whatever, whatever the, the questions were, a lot of that has to do with, um, it seems like he was trying to figure out what was the emotional and meta- and physiological state they would be in at the time of the crime. And that changes a lot of things. Yeah. Adrenaline makes you do all kinds of things stupidly. Um, right. Some people freeze in it with adrenaline. Some people go crazy with adrenaline. Um, right. I, I, when somebody scares me, I start punching, right? It, like, That's like, good to know. <laughs> yeah, don't, don't walk around. I mean, it's, it's, but, but, but if I see something happen on the street, like an accident, I, I freeze. So, so my adrenaline response is really different under different situations. Um, and that could be what happened with him. You know, he just wasn't thinking clearly. He might not have even planned it that night. It might've been something that, you know, he might've driven around their house right. a dozen times before. And maybe this night it just, he just said, I'm doing it. And he, and he didn't give it the forethought that he should have maybe. I mean, we don't, we don't know. And we don't even know it was him, right. Until he's convicted, but, but we're, all of this is speculative based on what we think happened, but. Um, right. Okay. I've already kept you too long. Cause I could talk about this all day. Your book is fantastic. And it, I love a book that you think about long after, and then you think of more ideas and it's so great. You did such a good job. Oh, so I will wrap it up, but I don't know. Do you, did you feel like this was the best time or, or did you think maybe I should wait till after the trial or what was the logic for you? Uh, you know, that's interesting. Uh, Stacy Chapin, um, Ethan Chapin's mother um, said that they're not going to the trial. They don't care what happens with the trial. That's not their focus. Their focus is their, their son has been taken from them. And 
my uh, similarly, my focus was not on um, who, you know, whether or not the, tr- the 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 proceedings of the trial end in a guilty finding of Brian Koberger. Um, that's not really relevant to me. What's relevant to me is that um, the, these people were sort of ripped from the earth. They had big, beautiful lives ahead of mm-hmm. them. Um, they're reminiscent of every everybody that we, uh, or many people that we know and love in our lives. Um, yeah. And this, the story was, was that so much, you know, it's it, it, much more than, than whether or not somebody is found guilty. Uh, uh, somebody I, I know had told me years ago when I was writing my first book, The Kill Jar, he had, he had said, you know, what's so interesting about, and he's a, he's a defense lawyer for big, big cases. And, he said, "What's so interesting about about these crimes is that um, nothing ends with with the verdict. Um, mm-hmm. the, the residue of these crimes linger in our communities. They linger for generations among the loved ones' families. Um, and to me, that's the story. It's it's not so much you know is somebody going to get twenty five years or life or the death penalty yeah. thing. It's it's like." It's what happens before the court, the court case, you know, somebody else will do a book after the court case, no doubt. Um, But, but to me, um, that wasn't the focus because I'm really more concerned about what communities feel after how how people live with the visitation of violence in their lives. Um, Things like that. It's, you know, yeah. Well, you did a wonderful job. It was, it was so, I cried a little bit. It was emotional because, because you did such a good job making these people come to life and you did feel like you don't, you know them or you know people like that and it's, and their families love them a lot. Yeah. So well done. Congratulations to you. We have um, one question we ask everybody. It sounds weird after we talked about murder though, but the question the question is what do you keep in the trunk of your car <laughs> <laughs> in the trunk of my car i i have well i have an suv so it's 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 less of a trunk than it is a uh, back space but right. i have um this will be interesting to it, it is in line with the true crime uh conversation though in the trunk of my hat, car i have a louisville slugger baseball bat I have I have a set of wooden set of nunchucks that my brother gave me. <laughs> yeah, I have I have a <laughs> I have a knife um, that is a fold up like sort of, sort of pocket knife, but a little bit longer. I have a black go bag full of um, heating uh, those silver warmth blankets. Yeah, whatever yeah, yeah. Um, Power bars. You're uh, very water, prepared. Water bottles. Um, well, I live I, I live in Idaho, and there's there are right. many. And, and I also have a sleeping bag. So there are many um, instances where we'll just go up into the mountains and st- impromptu, like, hey, let's go to the mountains. They don't have to worry about all that stuff. It's all in there. You're good to go. Uh, is the bat the, for sporting or self-defense? The bat is for self-defense. Oh, I see. Uh, okay. I, have, you know, I, have a, I have a black belt in Taekwondo. I studied Taekwondo for 10 years, but um, I'd much rather in a situation that <laughs> where somebody is attacking me have a baseball bat in my hand than my own fist. But yeah, okay, but you're I, ready. But I, I, love I, it. But, but I also I live in a world where where um, this stuff is always on your mind, and so it's like <laughs> you know I'm not I'm not the the calmest person uh, in terms of uh, 
like accepting that violence might occur or something. I'm pretty prepared for situations. That's so. good. I'm telling you what, after I read your book, I feel like I need to be prepared because it, it does make you think it gets yeah. in your head. I can see why you were drained after five months. Yeah. And the baseball bat in fairness is in the back of my car. I'm not, right. I'm not driving with it next to my. <laughs> right. You have to take a minute before you use it. Yes. Very discerning. Uh, Well, thank you so much. It was so nice to talk to you, but even more so, it was wonderful to read your book. And I hope all of our listeners check it out. And I got to read your other one, the Kill Jar. Kill Jar. It's actually a TV show. Where have you been? I don't know. It's the TV show is Children of the Snow. You might have even seen it without knowing because it's not the same name as my book. Right. Well, congratulations. You're doing the Lord's work. And it was so nice to talk to you. You're doing the Lord's work. I love you guys. It's great. Um, <laughs> we just have fun. That's all we're doing. <laughs> well, thank you. Anytime. All <laughs> right. You're off the hook. Yeah.